What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The group No Labels is continuing to move forward, finding a presidential hopeful for next year. Former Congressman Fred Upton is involved in the group, and he spoke with our morning show about its recent town halls in New Hampshire. We plan to have a Republican nominee for president and a Democratic nominee for vice president. And uh, the, the interest in New Hampshire was overwhelming in, in terms of what we're, we're trying to do. Now, you got to imagine the uh, DNC and the RNC, respective national parties, they're not very happy with us. Upton says they have held meetings with a Scripps reporter in New Hampshire with Democratic U.S. Senator Joe Manchin and former Utah Governor John Huntsman, a Republican, about the idea of a third-party presidential candidate. He says they're getting closer to being on the ballot in all 50 states next year. The plan is to nominate a Republican for president and a Democrat for vice president. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel has announced 16 people are charged for their role in the alleged false electors scheme following the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Among them is a pawpaw woman. Nessel said today the group conspired to undo the election result in Michigan so former President Donald Trump could retain the White House. It's alleged they met covertly in the basement of the Michigan Republican Party headquarters on December 14th and signed their names to multiple certificates saying that they were the, quote, duly elected and qualified electors for president and vice president of the United States of America for the state of Michigan. They weren't the duly elected and qualified electors, and each of the defendants knew it. They carried out these actions with the hope and belief that the electoral votes of Michigan's 2020 election would be awarded to the candidate of their choosing instead of the candidate that Michigan voters actually chose. Nessel says the fake electors then sent false documents to the U.S. Senate and National Archives. Among those charged is 81-year-old Rose Rook of Paw Paw. Other defendants come from all over the state. Each of the 16 is charged with eight counts that include forgery, uttering and publishing, and election law forgery. The most serious charges carry a penalty of up to 14 years in prison. A priority health fitness court proposed for Dwight P. Mitchell City Center Park in Benton Harbor is a no-go for city commissioners. At a meeting this week, they tabled a resolution approving the placement of the structure in the northwest corner of the downtown park. City Clerk Tiffany Moore read written comments submitted by the public against the proposed location. City Center Park is not the best park to install this fitness thing. Why not Hall Park or somewhere else in the downtown area? How about tearing down some of the empty buildings or utilizing an empty lot area for this? Commissioners also heard from several speakers opposed to the location. Mayor Marcus Muhammad said there must be better places, noting the city will have to pour concrete for the course. I'm not against it. I don't want to, you know, that's why hopefully we can find a way to come back and discuss it. The city has received a $50,000 grant from the National Fitness Campaign and $50,000 in commitments from both Whirlpool and Corwell Health for the court. It would enable people to do strength training using their own body weight. There's a similar course in Berrien Springs. Commissioners last night tabled the resolution so the matter could be sent to the Parks and Recreation Committee to find another location. The equipment has already been purchased and is sitting in storage. A trial for Rafael Santanello is likely delayed for several months as he pursues appeals. 
The Berrien County Prosecutor's Office tells us Santanello of Stevensville is charged with criminal sexual conduct in the third degree, six counts of criminal sexual conduct in the fourth degree, and kidnapping, all stemming from allegations from three separate victims who were employed by Santanello when he owned Santanello's Glenlord Restaurant and Pizzeria. The business is now closed. Santanello had a case conference before Judge Angela Pasula yesterday. The prosecution heard Santanello's case has been appealed to the Michigan Supreme Court, which could delay it into next year. His trial had been set for October. Assistant Prosecutor Taylor Cook tells us it can be difficult to predict when the state Supreme Court will make a decision, but it can take up to six to eight months. Santanello appealed his case to the state's highest court after an appeal was denied by the Michigan Appeals Court. Market Van Buren is looking forward to showing off Southwest Michigan-made beers at the 6th Annual Midwest Fest in Decatur this month. Director Zach Morris tells us Final Gravity Brewing Company will host the event in the 100 block of downtown on July 29th. It's a nice homecoming for a lot of people who grew up in Decatur like me and others. that Come back home, enjoy some good beer, enjoy great music, get to see a lot of good people, and oh, by the way, showcase one of our great small towns here in Southwest Michigan. Morris says the festival will feature performers including Austin Edwards, Kyle Jennings, Kaylee C., and Rob Federson. There will be food truck vendors and more than 12 local breweries taking part. In fact, that's the point. Morris says Midwest Fest benefits the Make It Van Buren Craft Beverage Coalition started by Market Van Buren to connect local breweries. Proceeds from this event go directly to running our program for the Make It Van Buren Craft Beverage Coalition and our small businesses throughout Van Buren County. Morris says through Make It Van Buren, breweries stay connected and help each other out. He says Midwest Fest brings, quote, the people, community, and businesses together to build a strong economy. The event will run from 4 to 11 p.m. on the 29th in downtown Decatur. Speaking of festivals, set for the weekend of August 4th is the third annual Benton Harbor River Fest. Co-chair Trenton Bowens tells us the event was held for years in Benton Harbor until it died off for more than a decade. However, City Commissioner Sharon Henderson got the idea of bringing it back three years ago. It's about community. It's about coming together and it's about supporting entrepreneurs and the arts and music and the talent that we have in Bitten Harbor that's so often hidden. Bowen says the event will be that Friday, Saturday and Sunday with live music all three days. Friday kicks off with Michael Brock, who is the newest member of the renowned Dramatics. He's a Benton Harbor native. That Saturday, we have Angela Woodbush. She's a national reporting artist that has sold over 10 million albums. She will be joining us that Saturday, and then that Sunday, we're going to have community prayer. They'll have live gospel music. Riverfest will feature more than 15 vendors, food trucks, dance groups, art, and a workout on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. with hip-hop dancing. It's $40 to attend all three days at Charles Yarborough Park on Riverview Drive. We'll have a link to get tickets at our website. Congressman Bill Heisinga has introduced legislation to sell some Virginia-class submarines to Australia. He tells us with Australia being a vital ally in a key region of the world, he wants to help boost its security. You've got Australia that is next to China is probably the biggest economy and power in Southeast Asia. And they have a very active uh, active Navy, for example, an active military in that region. And we want to help them and support them. So what my bill would do is it would authorize the sale of two of our U.S. built submarines to Australia. Heisinger says as China transitions to a maritime power, the focus should be deterrence in the South China Sea. He adds the bill will lead to a pathway of an interoperable marine maritime force between the U.S. and Australia. It'll also be a boost to the nation's defense industry. Heisinger's AUKUS Submarine Transfer Authorization Act is before the House Foreign Affairs Committee. 
And there will be some traffic signal improvements along Pipestone Street in Benton Harbor following action this week by city commissioners. They voted to accept a carbon reduction surface transportation program grant of $155,000 for the work. It'll include the removal and replacement of the traffic signal controller and cabinet, new video detection cameras, replacing of the traffic signals with LEDs, replacing the pedestrian signals with countdown signals, and replacing the pedestrian push buttons. Upgrades will take place at the Pipestone intersections of Wall Street, Jefferson Street, Britain, and Empire. The project's total cost to be $193,000. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. Top Republicans on Capitol Hill are standing by former President Donald Trump. Amid news, he could soon face another federal indictment. More from ABC's Elizabeth Shusey in Washington. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy decried a, quote, weaponized federal government after sources told ABC News former President Trump received a target letter from special counsel Jack Smith, indicating Trump could be indicted as part of the Justice Department's investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise echoed in his support of the former president. Over and over again, you see different attacks by the Biden administration against President Trump. Some Republicans say Trump's legal woes are boosting his poll numbers. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Washington. The extreme heat scorching Phoenix set a new record today. The 19th consecutive day, temperatures hit at least 110 degrees Fahrenheit in a summer of suffering echoing around much of the globe as human-caused climate change and a newly formed El Nino are combining to shatter heat records worldwide. The Phoenix region stands apart among major metropolitan areas in the U.S. Weather historian Christopher Bird of the Weather Company says no other major city has had any streak of 110-degree days or 90-degree nights longer than Phoenix. Meanwhile, in Texas, the high heat is impacting how cities carry out services. More from ABC's Alex Stone. In Houston, where it's been over 100 degrees, a city is slowing down its response to issues like water main breaks and maintenance of city parks to reduce stress on crews. Larry Chenier is with the Parks Department. Typically, this park is done every 14 days, but because we're slowing down, we may make it here in 16, 17 days. And the fire department is sending more engines to calls to relieve hot firefighters so they can rotate them out. Alex Stone, EBC News. House Republicans are searching for solutions to climate change without restricting American-produced energy that comes from burning coal, oil, and gas. Scientists overwhelmingly agree heat-trapping gases released from the combustion of fossil fuels are pushing up global temperatures. But Republicans remain opposed to government action to force emissions reductions. Instead, they've embraced the idea of planting one trillion trees. A 2019 study suggested planting trees to suck up carbon dioxide from the atmosphere could be one of the most effective ways to fight climate change. But environmental scientists call the idea a distraction from cutting emissions from fossil fuels. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has confirmed an American soldier is believed to be in custody in North Korea after crossing the border willfully and without authorization. ABC has been told the soldier is a 23-year-old Army Private Travis King. He apparently was expected to leave South Korea following two months in a detention center there. Instead, sources say King joined a group tour of a border station along the demilitarized zone. While there, witnesses say King ran into North Korea. 
ABC's Louise Martinez at the Pentagon says it was not long ago when a young American died in North Korean captivity. We must remember the huge risks posed if an American citizen travels there. We saw that happen with Otto Warmbier, who was traveling inside North Korea on his own about seven years ago and then was taken by North Korea. So it is not a welcome environment for U.S. citizens and more remains to be seen exactly of what happened here, what motivated this American soldier to cross into North Korea. Ukraine says its forces shot down Russian drones and cruise missiles targeting the Black Sea port of Odessa in what Moscow called retribution for an attack that damaged a bridge to the Crimean Peninsula. The Russian Defense Ministry said it destroyed facilities preparing terror attacks against Russia involving maritime drones as well as Ukrainian fuel depots. It was not possible to verify the conflicting claims by both countries. President Vladimir Putin blamed Ukraine on Monday for striking the Kerch Bridge, which links Russia with Crimea, and was attacked on October of 2022, needing months of repairs. The bridge is a key supply route for the peninsula, which was illegally annexed by Moscow in 2014. And the percentage of screen time that's going to streaming just hit a new high, thanks in part to kids being out of school. Morph maybe sees Jason Davidson. The return of the bear on Hulu. We need like a reset. One of the shows in June that helped drive streaming as a percentage of overall screen time to a new high. 37.7% of total viewing was spent on streaming, according to Nielsen, a 6% increase. Cable snagged around 30% of viewing, broadcast TV around 21%. And the largest chunk of that streaming time was actually spent on YouTube with Netflix in second. With kids out of school, Nielsen says 2- to 17-year-olds helped drive that streaming increase. Overall, cable viewing was flat, with broadcast watching down 6.6%. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood.